because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Stone, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top of Trangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go, Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number one of the VGK Insider Show, serving up the top three scores for the Vegas Golden Knights this season. You should still listen and watch the games. Just don't take our word for it. It'll be highly entertaining. Uh, if if you miss out on uh, on something like that, you'll feel like uh, you've uh, you've missed the the whole program. Uh, we also uh, discussed uh, hair, and uh, we also teed up uh, the top five, a new segment on the VGK Insider Show, which debuts today. What were you doing when you made these openings? Like between yesterday's cow, the cow was good, and then <laughs> this thing. It's, it's Sesame Street. Yes, yes, good call. Oh no, I know, oh, okay. I know. All right. Oh. Without asking you, yes, and you perjuring yourself, yes, because it is somewhat legal. Okay. Yeah. What were you doing? <laughs> When you were making this stuff, I, I I plead the fifth. No, I I I I thought it was funny. I like to have some funny stuff in our. In like our... I was thinking, jazzy little juice, tee it up, top okay, five, well, woo! All right, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I look, it's, not the it's, pinball machine. It's it's preseason for us too, so I mean, there's some things I can I can fix before we, you know, I can adjust the lineup. Before, no, I'm, before... I'm I'm making a new rule. What's that? We get to hear it before it goes no, there. No, 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 I, um, yeah. no. New rule. No, it's, you got to be surprised. Oh, this is good. We won't be able to hear that one again. No, we won't hear that unfortunately. one again. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, fortunately. Did you know you were going to get heat for that? No, I, I, well. See, that's a problem. I, I, I figured Ryan would like it. I figured you would not be happy with it. That's a problem that you didn't <laughs> anticipate getting heat for that opening. I, I bet the listeners liked it. Play it again. Okay. All right. See, it's cool. You got the five. Is there any copyright infringement with this? No, because no, it's less than uh, 90 seconds. If you guys, the pinball machine, right? Yes, yes, yes. If, if you guys could be in here right now, the tension's thick. There's no tension. Oh. No. Maybe not on your part. Oh, well. I mean, that's his problem then. There's disbelief on my part. <laughs> oh, come on. I bet if we text Garrett Calloway, he's going to say, that was so cool. Garrett Calloway is so young, he would have no idea what well, the pinball machine is. that's why I think it's cool. Is. Way too young. Uh, so it's <laughs> top five. Every Thursday, we're going to give you a top five of uh, one shape, form, another. With a different intro next week. With a week. very yes, different, different intro. intro. Yes. We, we might have 67 different intros this year <laughs> until, we, until we get it right. And uh, that is, uh, that's the honest to goodness T- truth. Tune in in April. Yeah. Uh, the top five remaining unrestricted <laughs> free agents in the National Hockey League right now. And there's uh, a couple of guys who are at risk of having time pass them by. Mm-hmm. 
There is a couple players who you think, boy, they're still out there. What's what's the reasoning for that? Mm-hmm. Then there's one player who's a superstar in the National Hockey League, and it could be it. I don't think it is, mm-hmm. but it could be it. I know that he won't make nearly as much money next year. Let's start off with, at number five, Daniel Sprong. Yeah, so, you know, Daniel Sprong's coming off of a 14-goal, 20-point season, 60 games, traded to Seattle, picked up by Seattle midway through the year. Um, We're talking about a 25-year-old kid, right? Like, we're talking about a guy that's got some experience, a lot of experience at the NHL level, but is certainly kind of in that, that... uh, prime of his career window. And when you're looking at 20 points in just about 60 games, you start to look at some of the teams out there. This is a player that you would imagine could fill a bottom six role and be somewhat productive on a, on a, on a team that has that hole. Everybody thought he was going to be a star. Sure. Yeah. When he came into the league, nobody's ever been able to harness that. Yeah. And, and he was a top prospect. Uh, when he when he turned professional, huge and all kinds of all kinds of skill, skill, talent, it's all there. Except he's never been able to put it all together. He's had a couple of good years mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for sure, but like fourteen goals in the National Hockey League, thirteen goals in the National Hockey League, and last year fourteen goals mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, two different teams yeah. in the National Hockey League. So there's. There's some consistency there, mm-hmm. but it's how reliable can Daniel Sprong be on a team to play a regular shift as opposed to can you put up with the liabilities defensively with 14, 15 goals? See, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, right? If you... Um, if you're talking about defensive liability and you're you're looking at 14 or 15 goals, you have to weigh that against itself. Now, if you're a team, and you know this is probably going to upset you, Darren, in the Edmonton Oilers, who I think could use some more production from their bottom six, yep. and I don't think is a team that is really too concerned about stalwart defensive efforts, I feel like that could be a fit there. Mainly because you're going to need more than just Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and and Zach Hyman. The and flip side is, if you're going to put somebody else on the ice in Edmonton, mm-hmm. they'd be ever, better be able to keep the puck out of that and, that's, and not I, make and, turnovers at the other team's blue line. And that's totally fair, but I also think that Edmonton's going to be one of those teams that, that plays heavily, heavily, heavily to their strengths. That's not defensive structure. It It is, you're going to score a lot of goals. And you're hoping that Jack Campbell can be the guy that keeps the puck out of your net. Seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars is right around what I expect uh, him to be in mm-hmm. when he yeah. does sign. Not, it's not a big gamble here. No, he's looking for more. He's never made. I don't think he's ever made a million dollars in the season. Uh, that uh, that this is a player that uh, that you can get some value out of. But has played on some good teams and he's played on some bad teams, but he hasn't been able to stick with a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Washingtons, the Anaheims, the Pittsburghs. Uh, the, it, it, it's been there. Like he's had looks with great players. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, like, 
one of my first comparables is him is Chandler Stevenson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was a star in junior. Yeah. Was buried behind a, a good roster in Washington. Got his chance in Vegas because of injury and blossomed. Mm-hmm. Is Daniel Sprong that guy? Well, he's had a couple of different <laughs> stops here. Yeah. And he hasn't turned out to be that guy. Uh, if he's looking for $2 million a year, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if he's willing to take under a million, there's great value there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at his age, right, at mm-hmm. 25, you, you you just want another opportunity. So I, I'm not holding out for a big payday. I'm, I just want to get onto a team and, and give myself a chance to be an impact player or or at least be a player, right? And, you know, you, you, you kind of – the Chandler Stevenson analogy is an interesting one because – we're talking about a guy that made the most of his opportunity that 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 first chance he got. Yeah. For Sprong, like you would have liked him to stick with Pittsburgh. You would have liked him to stick in a position in a spot where it was kind of built to succeed and it it just didn't happen. Well, it there's been questions about him, dedication, mm-hmm. yeah. all that uh reliability uh from the time that he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins, but Pittsburgh Anaheim Washington, Seattle, and now what's next? Well, I mean, no contract until Thursday, the 8th of September. That might uh, kick the dedication up a, up a notch. Yeah, you think so. Uh, at number four, do we have a number no. by number countdown? No, we do not. I, I, I wonder if the ones from last year still work, but I know you guys hate those too. So I don't even remember what the number four one was. I could play it. Was it the number four? The number of the day. Who could ask for more? The number of the day is four. Okay, you, you know what's you know what's become clear to me here that I like Sesame Street. Yeah, <laughs> everybody likes Sesame Street. No, 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 Street. no, 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 no. You grow out of that. Mm-hmm. It's no, no, no. no, no. What we've come to discover in this moment right now is that Chris <laughs> Chapman is a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Muppets. Muppets are cool. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I Snuffleupagus walks through here any moment. I won't be surprised. I love Snuffle. Uh, Alex Chason, number four. So again, like I, I look at Chason, right? And you know, we're talking about a player that's that's in his thirties, thirteen goals, nine assists, twenty two points in sixty seven games last year. Chason for me is power play. I, like I look at a team that wants a bottom six forward, an option who can chip in on a second power play unit because yeah, of those twenty two points, he had. Six goals on the power play, four assists on the power play. So you're talking about half of his production coming on the power play. And I don't know that it's like a contender that looks at an Alex Chase on, but I do think that there's a fit for him somewhere on a power play unit in a bottom six role. I'm a big fan of the player. Yeah. Uh, career high 22 goals uh, with the Edmonton Oilers a couple of seasons ago. Uh, almost, if you're, you're talking Daniel Sprong with Edmonton, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. take. A return of Alex Chase on. Yeah, I don't dis- that. I don't disagree with you there. A little bit older. Yeah. Been through the ropes. May not be maybe more willing to accept that role mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of playing down the lineup. Yeah. But but last year with, with Vancouver, very productive, very, very productive year. And coming off a season which he, he only made seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And made the most of that contract. He's trying to get back up to the $2 million that, that he was in, uh, in in the seasons, uh, one season ago and then two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd like to get back into that that range. But uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised 
that somebody hasn't scooped him up for a buck and a half. Yeah, so far. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I love this player with you, 100. percent I think that you know, there's, there's, especially in you know games that I've seen him play against the Golden Knights, there is. Um, an ability in and around the net to do some damage. There is an ability to to be in the right place at the right time. And again, power play is where he kind of makes his bread and butter. Uh, I think that there's certainly a market for him. The number, uh, you know, a buck and a half, I'd do it in a minute. And he can go on heaters. Oh, He's yeah. proven that yeah, before yeah. too. So yeah. he can he can give you a good solid two and a half weeks. Is that another Sesame Street? No, that's De La Soul, man. All right. Yeah. You, you, All right. Yeah. One of the greatest rap groups ever. All right. I, I've uh, never heard that one before. I just assumed. Uh, P.K. Subban is number three. Yeah. So five goals, 17 assists, 22 points in 77 games for the New Jersey Devils last year for P.K. Subban. Um, you know, I... I think for PK Subban, there's, there's a lot of pauses when it comes here because you can go so many different directions with with PK. Yeah, I I don't feel like he's done, right? I, I feel like there is still something PK Subban can contribute to an NHL team on a night in night out basis. But the fact of the matter is, I think for PK Subban, he wants to win a championship, right? And and you know when you are dealing with championship teams or or teams of that caliber, they don't have a lot of money. And you have to be better than six or seven other defensemen. Mm-hmm. And, and and so for me, like in, in assessing this one, it's going to come down to whether or not there's a good fit for P.K. Subban to win. P.K. Subban has made $78 million mm-hmm. over the course of his career. Okay. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's not looking for the big cash out. Okay. He's already got all his money. He wants to win, mm-hmm. which you mentioned. Yeah. The problem with PK is wherever he signs, if he wants to be with a contender, the question will be asked by the management group, are you involved enough, focused on us enough, mm-hmm. and not the other stuff that PK Subban does? You get the money, you want the championship, mm-hmm. but are you invested for the championship? That, I guarantee, is the question. I think you're right. Now, here's my thought. Why isn't P.K. Subban a Toronto Maple Leaf? You can't afford him. I, I, I understand that. But if you can find a way to make it work. That is, they, they, that is the player they need the least. Oh, come on. No, it's it's true. It'd be fun. And and PK was better last year. Yeah. I, I do think that he was he was better. He gets some knocks. Uh I you, you can argue in the Norris trophy uh that, that is on his trophy case, whether it was uh the the best choice that year, whether he was actually the best defenseman that year, you can argue all that. But he was an impact player uh at that point of his career with the with the Montreal Canadiens. But he it was Nashville and New Jersey, and now he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, his stock has never uh, lived up to that that time in Montreal. So then, okay, let, let's 
play a game here with the Los Angeles Kings, right? Because this is a team in LA who I think can can stand to upgrade a little bit on their blue line, or at least get a little bit more veteran presence on their blue line. Like they did when they signed or acquired Dion Phaneuf. Sure. So wouldn't that tie into kind of the the thought process that you have? If, if you put P.K. Subban in the L.A. market, is he going to be able to focus solely on the Los Angeles yeah, Kings? I, I think P.K. would love Los Angeles Kings or the Anaheim Ducks mm-hmm. in Southern California. Yeah. Absolutely. Spends a lot of time there. Trains there. But does it work for the hockey? If if, if you're the team, I would that would be my place that I would question the most. Mm-hmm. Is he out doing everything else? Yeah. And not focused enough on the hockey. Okay. Does that make the Los Angeles Kings a better team? I don't know. It's a tough one. Like, and then does do the LA Kings qualify? Like, he would like to play there. Uh-huh. But if we're talking championship, are the LA Kings the team that he's necessarily looking at? I think that that really depends on what you believe the LA Kings are, right? And and I think that I think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to be what they were more or less last year. They took a big, big jump, big stride. I just I look at their, you know, I look at their defense and. I like a lot of the young players, but they're young players. Like you, you need someone that's been around the block. I know Drew Doughty's going to be back in the lineup. I love Sean Dursey, but you know Sean Dursey has those moments where he's susceptible to breakdowns because he's a younger player. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if long term it's the best scenario for the LA Kings, but getting PK Subban in on a cheap deal. If you're worried about players susceptible to breakdowns, yeah, I know. this isn't the safety net. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. I just mm-hmm. think P.K. Subban on the L.A. Kings would be interesting. If you're a contender, mm-hmm. what's the most you would spend on P.K. Subban? I wouldn't go more than a million. Wow. I wouldn't go. Like, I don't have the money. I Give me a contender. I I, I don't think he plays for a million dollars. What do you, what what's the? I, I think he he plays in the range of two and a half to three and a half. Give me a contender that can spend that on him. Uh, you, you can move money out. You can make changes. You might get desperate. Uh, I just I don't see him playing for a million dollars. According I, to Cap Friendly, there are only a handful of contenders yeah. that have that money. Yeah. One of them being the Colorado Avalanche. Just be careful about uh, about looking at cap space right now because mm-hmm. a lot changes. Be, I get be, it. Well, yeah. no, uh, long long term injury relief will will free up yeah. some teams with with cash. So it's if you just taking a quick glance at cap friendly, now there's there's some teams that do have some cap space. Not not a lot. I'm not saying they have twenty million dollars. Yeah, but no, they're not the Arizona there's, Coyotes. There's, 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 there's <laughs> Teams that that have a carry price that is going to start on on long term injury uh, relief. Uh, I think he makes two and a half, three three and a half million dollars. And and if he doesn't sign with a contender, there's teams that just might want that presence, mm-hmm. that sizzle, that selling factor. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised at that. Like Arizona, giddy up, <laughs> bring him in there. Yeah, why I, wouldn't you do that? I uh, I mean. It makes sense for the Arizona Coyotes, right? You, you want to sell out 5,000 seats, P.K. Subban playing at, 
ASU is probably the way to do I it. I got an update on that uh, a ring uh, situation in just a little bit. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I know you guys hate this one, but. This is the number two. Why don't we practice this stuff? It's so jarring. Why don't we rehearse this stuff? Uh, Seriously? <laughs> that one is the worst. Yeah. Uh, Sunny Milano, mm-hmm. 14 goals last yep. year, and responsible for the play of the year. Didn't get any credit <laughs> for it, even though he scored the goal on the play of the year, and he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one for me. Like, you know, you look at Sonny Milano, we're talking about a half a point a game in in, in the league last year, and the chemistry with Trevor Zegris was palpable. That play was was on repeat all year long. It was one of those viral moments in hockey. And I get that like that shouldn't guarantee you a contract, but I would imagine that a kid that's, you know, 26 years old and coming off the, you know, the best year of his career would be signed somewhere. I was surprised, I guess, that the Ducks allowed his restricted free agency eligibility to expire, making him an unrestricted free agent. Especially considering that, you know, Anaheim is one of those teams where I don't think the intention is to be good right now, but I do think that you want to have something for fans to look forward to and exciting hockey, fun hockey, fly by the seat of your pants hockey. It kind of works for Anaheim. So I I was a little surprised that he wasn't re-upped with the Ducks, but all that being said, I, 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 you know, think there's somewhere out there for him. He's only ever played a complete NHL season once. Sure. And and that year was divided between Columbus and Anaheim. Uh, the other times he's been in the minors and then called up. Uh, and la- last year was just a cup of coffee uh, that he that he had down with the San Diego Gulls. Uh, he can put the puck in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he can certainly do that. He's uh, not Zegras creative, but he's really good uh, when it comes to that, uh, being able to uh, find a way to put the puck in that, but he has tendencies to disappear for stretches. Sure, and that's a factor uh, when it when it comes to Sonny Milano. Good player. I think I don't know whether he's as creative as first blush, but if he's looking for uh, a home run here, mm-hmm. he's not going to get it now. No, and, I, and I, I'm with you on. I kind of expected him to scoop up. If there's a team that I think he could end up with, Edmonton or Anaheim, they're, you, they're 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 my two teams. It's funny that we've essentially pegged Anaheim for the three forwards we've already talked about, mm. right? Because and that would that would signify that you and I both have kind of an idea that if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you need one more forward, right? And yeah. and not just. Not just one more forward, but a forward that can give you something, whether it be on the power play and in your bottom six, or whether it be Sonny Milano giving you different options. There's still a forward to be had there for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Milano last year made $1.7 million. He will be very uh, lucky and happy if he makes $1.7 million this year. The weird part is he knows it's a countdown, mm-hmm. but he's not really paying attention to what we're doing. 
Is he? What, okay, so here's the thing that I don't get. Like, he's sitting yes. back. He's he's leaning back, which is fine, but you don't have to move your whole body to touch the mouse. It's right in front no, of the, you. No, the, the mouse was out of position, but... It yeah. was, which you put out of position. I think I bumped it with my so, arm, yeah. So, yeah. In, the, in the future, like, if you're going to lean back, bring the mouse a little bit closer to your hand. <laughs> That's all. But th- this is a top five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been ready for any of the numbers. <laughs> Even and you've had your hand in the air yeah. at least three to four seconds and before you like, point like, to like him. Like the guy, at, the little guy at the airport with the cones. I get it. You know? Yeah, oh, I, I wish. Bring the plane. We had cameras in. in here. I wish we had cameras in my here. My buddy Sharples or Buskus, uh, <laughs> my buddies uh, that, that are pilots, former NHLers. They're they're come bringing the plane in, and and <laughs> thankfully you're not the captain because you're not no, paying attention. No. You're at gate D thirty eight, and you're supposed to be at terminal two down at A one. That's what's happening right here. So number one is Evan Rodriguez, and this is a fascinating situation for this player who has just recently changed agents. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one in that you know you're you're looking at a player that had a lot of responsibility early on in the year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were beat up. No Evgeny Malkin early. No Sidney Crosby early. And who was it? that really had a monster start to the year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was Evan Rodriguez. We're talking about career year in goals, assists, points, 43 and 82 games. However, when the Penguins got to full health, Evan Rodriguez slid down the lineup and yeah. was not as productive. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where are you going to overpay for the career year or are you going to look at everything in context, which is what I think teams have done at this point. They're looking at that year in context. Great start in an elevated role but kind of shrunk a little bit when he was back down the lineup. It depends on what you're going to want out of Evan Rodriguez. He will play on a team, but you're not able to cash in on the big year, and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing right now for the player. Yeah, he went from a career-high nine goals in 18-19 with Buffalo to 19 last year. Huge jump. We can't all be Tage Thompson. No. He had never been in double digits before. Yeah, in goals scored. Yeah, so it's time. Like you know, the the agents looking at this, both the former agent and this agent, mm. going, "Okay, you timed it perfectly. Yep. Unrestricted free agency, contracts up. You have your career year, almost twenty goal season. Mm-hmm. Let's go." Pittsburgh can't do it. Yeah, they know you best. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. Where else can you do it? He made a million dollars last year. It's if your career high before this was nine and then it was seven and five, well, what are you as a player? Where's your where's your value? Where's your monetary slot? Mm-hmm. And that slot is a million dollars. Yeah. I and I I I know what he's trying to do here. Yeah. And it was a great story last season, but uh over the course of his body of work. He's right where he should be in and around the million dollars. He was looking for four. He was looking for three. Mm-hmm. Like that's Nick Waugh type money. And Nick Waugh's got a whole lot more on Evan Rodriguez. What he needed was to strike at the beginning of free agency. Yeah. That, or at, at some point last year. Yeah, sure. 100%. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, again, it's got to be frustrating for the player going into this, into this stretch now, knowing that you're, you're going to have to take a deal. That's somewhere close to what you've always been throughout your career. But the fact of the matter is you've got eight seasons giving us an idea that you're a seven or eight goal guy. And as much as that one year 
really popped off, your time to cash in was was early on when when decisions were a little bit hasty and it just didn't happen for them. You look at the top five remaining unrestricted free agents as determined by the VGA Insider Show. Yeah, Sprong, Chason, Subban, Milano, Rodriguez, and for the forwards, the goals last season were 14, 13, 14, 19. Mm-hmm. All in the same area. Yeah. And all trying to turn what those career highs were. Chase on said more in the past, but in that range of 15 to 20 goals mm-hmm. in a big money. Yeah. And the National Hockey League with a flat cap doesn't have big money. Yeah. That's your first edition of the top five. Join us next Thursday for a brand new intro on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Woke up this morning to the Instagram post by one Carrie Price of the Montreal Canadiens, CP0031 on Instagram. It was a picture of a cowboy hat and a feather on the dashboard of a truck, and that basically said it all. And the caption was, just wanted to thank everyone who's been supportive over the past few weeks, months, and years. It's been a very emotional time for myself. Merci. Go Habs, go. Carrie Price being placed on long-term injury. For the start of the season, his $10.5 million will be spared, although will be paid, but spared on the Montreal Canadiens cap. Uh, He has four more years left on this deal. The Mm -hmm. final five years on the eight-year contract, however, basically a write-off, because last year there was just a couple of appearances. Uh, Sad, disappointing, best in the world for a time. (laughs) Uh, but Carey Price appears to be done. The Montreal Canadiens saying that his knee has not responded to any kind of treatment and rehab uh, since uh, the surgery in 2021 and then the playoff run, and they're optimistic uh, that uh, they've exhausted all the exploratory avenues. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, at this point, like you're talking kind of quality of life here for, for Carey Price and just kind of getting some normalcy back in his life uh it's it's a as you mentioned disappointing because you know you mentioned for a time there three four years like carrie price was the best goalie in the game and and i think you could make an argument based on kind of the team that he had around him in montreal maybe the best player in the game Mm -hmm. most impactful player in the game because he when he was on was unbeatable And, and and it was such a fun time to, to see that type of goaltending performance for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, I, I just wish that, you know, you, you go back a couple of years, you go back to certainly the, the, the series with the Golden Knights, getting to a Stanley Cup final, kind of putting it all on the line there. Maybe a different outcome for Carey Price just because he had been chasing that for so long. Um, but it kind of puts into perspective how much he gutted that one out when, when he went to the Stanley Cup final. Fallout is Montreal is uh, reportedly exploring a contract extension with uh, our friend Jake Allen hey. of the Montreal Canadiens. And they also signed Caden Primo mm-hmm. to a three-year contract yesterday worth $2.67 million. Might have been first thing this morning. Uh, so that's a one-way contract. Sounds like that will be the tandem to start this year. I should mention uh, Montreal with all of this. It's sad that they don't have Carey Price, but 
it may help them try to get Connor Bedard. I don't know mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. good they're going to necessarily be. Uh, we, we know Doc has resigned. Uh, they acquired Monaghan. Uh, they they hope to be better, but we'll see how really impactful they are uh, this season. Yeah, I, I don't believe that the Montreal Canadiens are going to be very good, and that might be the best thing for them right now. The Connor Bedard sweepstakes <laughs> will involve a few teams yeah. this season, yeah. one of which is the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, article yesterday that I stumbled across, uh, Coyotes expected to sell out every home game this year. Nice. In that arena that uh, will seat a maximum of just under 5,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also saying, so I'm tongue-in-cheek, they're going to sell, uh, sell out every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, they, they, they should. Yeah. But season ticket revenue yeah. inside that 5,000-seat arena is up 50% over Glendale. Yeah. 50%. So how, how does that work? How, how does that happen? Well, they, they priced every seat at the new rink, okay. the 5,000-seat arena, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it was in the lower bowl at Glendale. Well, because so it, you, it you, is. Yeah, but you couldn't, you couldn't, there was none of those like uh, $50 sure, yeah. a, a night well, season I, tickets, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. Everything mm-hmm. was... Uh, uh, valued at a lower bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why they have uh, been able to say they're 50% ahead of what they were in Glendale. Mm-hmm. They Here's here's something strange. I, I like what they did, but I'm also kind of puzzled. Uh, they saved some seats for the for single game ticket purchases. Okay. They say the Coyotes said that they could have sold out every seat Two season ticket holders, mm-hmm. but they wanted to allow for some walk up. I would take the the dollars in the hand. Yep, that's what I would do. You're 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 playing in a in a five thousand seat arena. Yeah, sell them all out. Exactly, guaranteed money. There's also a student section there. Yeah, where there's 300, 400 uh, seats for ASU because it's on the campus of ASU, and they're going to try and. Uh, have some of that environment. So they've got uh, they've got that section that they're going to price a little bit lower. Here's why I not just the dollars in the hand, but it plays into that. Twenty of the first twenty four home or twenty four games for the Arizona Coyotes this year mm-hmm. are on the road. Twenty of the first twenty four. <laughs> they start with a six game road trip, oh. then they go home and they play. The four games, Mm -hmm. they open up the ASU arena, Mm -hmm. and then they go on the road for 14. Oh, boy. Now, why is... I I did some investigating into this. Why is that? Well, because the rink's still being finished. Mm -hmm. They will be able to play those four games. They got an exception. Exemption. Okay. Because the the dressing rooms for the Coyotes and the visitors will not be ready Mm -hmm. by then, Mm -hmm. but the National Hockey League allowed them to to play four games and then get the heck out on the road while they finished up uh, the rest of it. So it's kind of nice for the National Hockey League to do that. Yeah. And it's great for the players oh. because they don't have to spend the first, like what the uh, New York Islanders did. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really tough. And they're also a team that is in it for Connor Bedard. Let's just hope they, they do The first overall, projected first overall draft pick next year. Yeah, let's hope those four games don't give them too many points. Yes. 
Well, I, people will just be trying to figure out what's going on. They do not play a preseason game at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. They have two preseason home games that are theirs, but they're in neutral sites, I, like Tucson. I feel like you and I need to go to the student section mm-hmm. to do a remote when the Golden Knights play there. Uh, that's the closest I'm going to get to being a university student. Yeah, let's do it. A- ASU? Find a way. All day long. <laughs> yes. I loved ASU growing up. <laughs> I was a massive ASU fan. So that's that's the story on the Arizona Coyotes. Season ticket revenue up 50%. Yay! They will play half of their road games by game 24 of their schedule. Look out look out for the Coyotes in, in the, the second half. half. Yeah. Yeah. You you got that right. There it is. You got that right. I wonder what Jacob Chikrin will be feeling come game 25. When, Where is the report that he vetoed a trade to Columbus? Hmm. Interesting. Will he regret that? Or will he be going, okay, we, we're going to spend the rest of the season at home? Mm-hmm. Because in, in mm-hmm. the first 24 games when they do those uh, road trips, right off the bat, they're going out east. Yeah. Then they're coming back and they're doing, but they're doing the uh, Canada, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal trip. They come back and then the second road trip takes them back out east. So they're oh. they're basically going to get all a bunch of their travel <laughs> done to the uh, Eastern time zone in the in the first quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, I've never seen a schedule like it. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, if I'm Jacob Chikrin, the only thing I'm thinking about next year is when's the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So if they get. If they get Connor Bedard, yeah. So I'm I'm doing some forecasting here sure. on on the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Went down a rabbit hole today. It'll require them to win a something, a draft right. lottery. They don't win very much. The schedule's set up for them to to have the best chances of winning. Yeah. Even though there's some other teams that are certainly in the running to be uh, in the in the in the draft lottery is it is it and fit, pretty good like is it is it a two team race really between Chicago and Arizona yeah I, I don't know about Montreal I really don't yeah that's fair uh, yeah, Montreal should be better than Chicago yeah. but I don't know there's probably four or five teams involved yeah. but yeah. Chicago and Arizona are the two they're the front runner, front yeah, runners yeah. The teams the Toronto Maple Leafs have Austin Matthews under contract for two more years. Right. When he signed that deal, mm-hmm. one of the first things people pointed out was his contract expires the first year that he was could be eligible for unrestricted free agency. Mm-hmm. The thinking all along has been he finishes the deal in Toronto and then he goes back to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Now, he could go anywhere. He could re-sign in Toronto. Sure. But that was like before anything happened. The uh the the pie in the sky was where they could win three cups and you'd be happy in Toronto. Well sure. they haven't won a series. So uh, <laughs> or they could still win two cups uh, Fair. Be, be, before. Yeah. But it was it was set up that he would return. Now he would still have to play one year at ASU because they haven't even started they, they don't have approval to build the ring yet. Yeah. In, in Arizona, uh, in Tempe. But he would still have to to play one one year at ASU, yeah, yeah. but there is the potential, like the things line up, mm-hmm. that Arizona could have a Bedard and a Matthews. Two things: I don't know that playing at Arizona would bother Austin Matthews all that mm-hmm. much. No, uh, and two, no, well, no, exactly. And and two, 
If he goes to Arizona, he might actually get out of the first round. There is there is that. Well, you're not you're being tongue in cheek. Yeah, but you're also accurate. Yeah, like as as much as that's a joke. Yeah, the Arizona Coyotes have the more other guys playoff, haven't yet. They have more playoff yeah. success than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those are your one timers for Thursday, September tenth on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So we were talking a little bit about milestones in the first segment. So you mentioned Phil Kessel on the verge of 400 career goals, 1,000 career points. But there's some VGK milestones that will be met or should be met this season. Most importantly, four members should reach the 400 games played as a member of the Golden Knights, Jonathan Marshall, so William Carlson, Shea Theodore, and any guess on who the fourth would be? I'd go with Riley Smith. That's who I was going to go with. Number three, Braden McNabb. Uh, huh. yeah. Jonathan Marshall, so should hit 150 career goals as a member of the Golden Knights if he has a season similar to last season. Marcia so also could reach 200 assists. Shea Theodore, 47 away from 200 career assists. William Carlson, 54 points. Marcia so nine away from 300 career points as a member of the Golden Knights. William Carlson, 46 points away from 300 career points. And Marcia so you're speaking Latin right now. There's, there's too much, way too many numbers. Should also Marcia so should also hit 400 career points. And this is all off the top of your head. No, I'm looking at the at the career leaders. Of course you are. Yeah. Well, I mean. You're giving me way too much credit that I would know this off the top no, of my I head. No, I was making fun of you. Yeah, well, okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some some interesting milestones could be hit this season for the Golden Knights. So it, now that you've ran off all the numbers, you have nothing to add to that. No, I, I just some think... Some interesting milestones. I just think it's cool that, that, that the franchise, players within the franchise, are starting to achieve some, some really important career milestones. Who do you think is going to lead the team in scoring this year? I think it's got to be Jack Eichel. And then who's second? I like Jonathan Marsh or so. Mm. Third? Uh, Mark Stone. No love for Phil. Yeah. No, well, yeah. you know, Phil Phil could be well, could be the wild card in all on. of this. That's not fair. I, I, I gave you a lot when it came to Phil Castle. I know I didn't say him right off the top, but I, I he wasn't in your top three. I, he wasn't in his top three. I didn't three. say he wasn't in my top top three. I said anybody. And then I mentioned names and then I did a deep dive into why Phil Kessel might be that I think guy. a lot of it depends on on who's playing with who. I mean, the Phil Kessel's on the third line. I think it's going to be hard for him to be... Power play three. minutes, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I, and if the power play is effective, we'll see what, uh, what it translates into career number-wise for I, people. I like the idea of Marcia So and Eichel playing together because I think those two guys could have a ton of points if they're playing together. How many players break 90 points on the Golden Knights this year? One. One? one. Two or three? I'm going one. Mm. I'm going to say... I think there's two. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. two. That that's, would be, that's a lot of no points. No player's ever done that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's my one-two, the ideal scenario. But <laughs> yeah. I, I... With, with, with Stone, Eichel Stone and, and Stone. Eichel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love Marcia so to be in that number, but I think Marcia so is going to flirt with 40 goals. Like if you've got Marcia so playing on the side, on the flank with Jack Eichel, 
I think the potential for 40 goals for Jonathan Marchessault was there. He could have a career year, which is saying something considering he had a career last year. Marchessault's the most consistent point producer yes. in this organization's yeah. history. Yeah. And that takes into account Stone's acquisition and him leading the team in points one year, Pacioretty's mm-hmm. presence when he was here, Carlson's breakout year. Yeah. I, I don't think Marchessault's point totals are going to jump. But I think the allocation is going to be different. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I see. Everybody talks about retiring in numbers. I wonder if Marcheseau is the first forward number oh. ever retired because of it's. When you get right down to it, I was surprised. He he's everything that's right with the yes, Golden Knights. Everything and everything wrong with this program. He's on the other side of this desk. (laughs) We'll have a brand new intro for the top five next Thursday. But join us tomorrow anyway.